have you heard the phrase "be his peace"? <laughs> About mandem yeah. generally, yeah. yeah <laughs> Why are you rolling your eyes at that? Because you ain't trying to be his peace. <laughs> I'm not trying to be his peace. Even in the Seventh Day Adventist Church, there's division. Uh, please don't cancel don't. us. <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah don't come for me Remember when you used to do this listen if you're changed by christ stick by it don't let anyone discourage you from that walk that's the time where he fills you with so much grace and power and ability to reconcile with others if you don't have god's love how can you share lo- god's love with others how was that really possible if we have one common love and that common love as we all profess as christians is christ how can there be division Michelle, have you ever watched this movie, Hidden Figures? Yes. Oh, have you? Yeah. The black ladies who are yeah, doing yeah. bits and Taraji then nobody, P. Henson. Yeah, and yeah, nobody yeah. appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. It's a good movie, though. 100%. Despite, obviously, the the reasons for it or kind of the, the challenges that mm-hmm. you watch, it's a really good movie. So mm-hmm. if you haven't watched it, I would recommend it. But... um. To give you some context and background, if you haven't seen it, basically, it's it mainly revolves around three main characters and they're black women and they're mathematicians, mm. intelligent women. But this was based in the 1960s, I want to say, the movie. And um, at that time, obviously, racism is, is high, yeah. is strong. Mm. And... At that time, we see in the movie that these women experiences experience segregation, racism, uh, to the point where they had to go to different toilets. They had to. Um, there was white sections in the library, mm-hmm. and there were sections that obviously they couldn't enter. It was they just wouldn't even drink out of the same like um, kettle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they they, they couldn't even do that. Mm. And but look at us now. Look at us now. <laughs> We're thriving. <laughs> um and I I thankfully like you said, we are no longer in that specific time. Mm. Obviously racism still exists, but it's not to that degree where we couldn't share certain things and there's sections that are segregated or divided. Mm. And in this week's lesson, it's entitled Horizontal Atonement, the Cross and the Church. Now, it talks about horizontal atonement, and I didn't understand that. But as we go into it and and do a deep dive, we realize that there's a dividing wall that exists Mm -hmm. in us humans and did exist in the way it happened in the 1960s Hidden Figures movie, but it also existed during Jesus's time and even before then. You know, there was segregation, there was divi- division between Jews and Gentiles, as an example. Mm-hmm. In that movie, the example, Blacks and Whites. And today's society, there's different, there's different kind of divisions and yeah. walls dividing different groups of people in society. Mm-hmm. Even in the Seventh-day Adventist church, there's division. Uh, please don't cancel don't, us. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't come for me. But um, I really love that this this week's lesson pulls out the fact that well paul basically says that we are no longer divided and we don't have to be divided and one of the main reasons for that is is christ Mm. and is the cross and i want to pull up ephesians 2 verse 19 which says 
So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. Mm. So to say, there is no longer division. We are fellow citizens. And that is what we'll be diving into in this episode and this week's lesson. And we just want to welcome our listeners back into Virtuous. I'm Ira. And I'm Michelle. So as we kick off... Can we do a quick prayer, Michelle, please? Yes. You know, when you're talking about hidden figures, I want you to be like, um, oh, we haven't prayed. The the Seventh-day Adventist in me was like, we need to pray. <laughs> but you had it all. You had it all panned out. So it's good. So this week, I want to pray for my listeners to bravely approach the throne of God, knowing that there's no prayer that's too small or too big for God. Trust that he loves you and he cares for you and he will answer your prayer according to his will. Amen. That is facts. Thank you, Mish, for praying for us. Now, we're going to get into Sunday's lesson, and mm. it's called Bought, Brought, Brought, as in bring, Brought Near in Christ. Brought oh, sounds like a weird Brought is a weird word. That's mm. why I struggled. I was yeah. like, huh? Bought, brought, brought, brought? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, Mish, mm-hmm. how, how close would you say you are to Christ? Like, what, in a percentage? <laughs> <laughs> Just generally, if you would describe it. Uh, I I think we're really close. I think we could be closer. I think he's very close to me. Um, but yeah, I think we're really close. I talk to him a lot. So got good Amen. Rela- That's we've how got we're, a good relationship. Yeah, yeah, we're working on relationship, we're, yeah. right? Yeah. And and I, I myself would like to think that I'm near to Christ mm. because I, I think I do the same in that I, I dedicate study time, intimacy. I talk to God. Mm. I try to pray without ceasing ever mm. since we did that episode. I'm like, oh, rem- let me remember to pray without ceasing. Trust me. Um, like, hey, Jesus, what's going on? Exactly. And I, I really like the way Paul just speaks to the um, people in Ephesus mm-hmm. because he, he reminds them basically of right okay calm i know you're saying now that you are near to christ or you man are claiming to be near to christ so again just context when paul writes the ephesians he's in prison and he finds he finds out that apparently the people in ephesus have some big big faith Mm-mm. so he's like right okay you man i heard that you got some big faith mm-hmm. and that's fantastic of course but he reminds them as well in this um epistle ephesians that you have to remember where you came from and what you were doing before mm. uh where it says in ephesians uh chapter 2 verse 11 therefore remember that at one time you gentiles in the flesh called the uncur basically i don't want to go on too long please read it paul says remember that one time you know there was a time where you did this and you done that and you mm. felt this way and this is how you conducted yourselves mm. and and I, I thought, well, that was interesting. Why why would you kind of... Why are you bringing that up? Yeah, why are you bringing <laughs> that up for? It's like, um, have you ever seen that meme where it was, it's an old picture of Beyonce, but she got a big book and she like blows dust out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where it's like, and the caption is something like, when you're losing an argument. So and you got to bring out old stuff. Yeah, yeah. you got to bring the old stuff back, right? So I feel like low key, Paul is kind of doing the same where he's like, bringing the old stuff back mm. so in my head i'm like nah why why have you got to bring that up because i know sometimes i do that in in 
my arguments or my, not even arguments, my disagreements with Alex sometimes. Your, your, your heavy discussions. He- heavy discussions. Yeah, we don't argue. Yeah, we? well, sometimes I was like, yo, remember that time when? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, why you got to bring that up? And I know for him personally, it kind of stirs up a little bit of. Yeah, because uh, it's like, why are you bringing yeah, that up? Yeah, why are you bringing that up for? Why is that relevant? And I, I feel like in this instance, it wasn't a case where Paul was trying to stir up anger mm. or rile them up, but it was in fact a humbling experience. Mm. So I, nowadays, right, we're seeing a lot of origin stories. Do you know what I mean? Like series and movies and yeah, TV yeah, shows. Yeah. There's a lot of prequels. There's a lot of backstory. Yeah, um, like the Hunger Games one. Uh, oh, what Hunger Games one? Oh, there's one coming. I don't know when. I saw it. Like, oh, Viola, is there one? Oh, yeah, Viola Davis stars in it. Oh, snap. And what's it? Who's it about exactly? No idea. Oh, I'm I just ex- saw it on like a, an ad. Oh, was it just recent? Okay, I don't know about this. You've yeah. got me excited now. I have to check it out. <laughs> um, the like the origin story that comes to mind is like um, there's a load of superhero ones. There's now TV series about it. But one that I could think of was obviously we know Sleeping Beauty. I watched it as a child, Disney mm-hmm. movie. Did you watch Sleeping Beauty? Uh, I, I think I read about it. I can't remember. Okay, well, yeah. there's obviously um, the villain in that movie is Maleficent. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they obviously done an origin story of her where we see how she was and, and they paint her out to actually be not a villain, but mm. more like the main, main character of yeah. a story, right? Yeah. And similarly, I feel like nowadays it's mentioned quite a bit. It's almost like a saying in social media or memes or TikTok where it's like, this is their origin story, mm. you know? Because well, more when something happens to someone's like, uh oh. Yeah. This is your origin story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because origin stories are painted to be something that is pivotal, that is yeah. long lasting, that's impresses something in their lives that mm. makes them turn sour mm. and twist things. But I guess how why I like how Paul talks about es- essentially the Ephesus Ephesians people's origin story is actually it's, a, it's almost a success story it's not mm. them uh experiencing something bitter and then you know going downhill from there but mm. instead they are changed and they're transformed drawn nearer to christ oh, love that so it says in ephesians 2 13 but now in christ jesus you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of the messiah mm. you are now radically radically transformed you are changed due to the blood of christ thanks to the blood of christ and you've been brought nearer to christ and in the way that paul is reminding them remembering where you came from where you were far from god before Mm -hmm. doing the madness that you was and there was potentially conflict and division between the people you were surrounded by your life generally there may have been conflict you no longer have to live in that way Mm. and that same experience we used to have as humans is is in the past because now you are saved and brought nearer to god because Mm. of the cross and it's just a reminder for us to remember the power of the cross Mm. also just on top of that after what everything iris just told you if you're on your journey to christ don't let anybody tell you, remember when you, even yeah. though that's what Paul was doing. Don't <laughs> let anyone say to you, remember when you, remember when you used to go out, remember when you used to stay out all night, remember when you used to do this. Listen, if you're changed by Christ, stick by it. Don't let anyone discourage you from that walk. 
Amen. So going into Monday's lesson, which is reconciliation, God's gift from the cross. Uh, it focuses more on Ephesians 2, 14 to 16. I'm just going to read a few verses for that. Um, and it says, For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility, that he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross. Now, have you heard the phrase, be his peace? <laughs> About man, them yeah. generally, yeah. yeah <laughs> Why are you rolling of... your eyes at that? Because you ain't trying to be his peace. <laughs> I'm not trying to be his peace. But anyway, for those who don't know this, essentially it means uh, the woman in a relationship should be a calming force to their man's life and provide him with an escape from the oh. harsh reality. I'm so sorry. Where is it? Where is this definition? Where Google? Oh, okay. I literally was like, what does be his peace mean? Because everyone <laughs> says it to me. Like, what but does that be, mean? To be fair, staying true to our brand and our name. I know. Virtuous. I know. A virtuous mo- woman. Proverbs 31. Big up her. Sorry. Carry yeah, on. <laughs> so, I guess so. But my point for this was here, Paul says to us, um, for he himself is our peace in that Jesus provides that that calmness. He provides that calming force that kind of helps us escape from the harsh realities of this world. Because this world, it's not our home. We're literally just passing by. And by that, I don't mean that like things are going to happen in your life. That I mean, it doesn't mean that your life is going to be easy as a Christian or a walk in the park. It just means because you have Christ in you, his peace is just going to be abundant, yeah? Even when things are happening, you're like, what? You won't be like, why is this happening? Or temper tantrum or et cetera. You're just like, you know what? <laughs> Jesus, you know what's going on. I'm just going to trust you and you'll carry me through that. So that's what I got first when I read this. But following on from what you were saying, he provides, Paul provides the Ephesians and us, I guess, with three great aspects of the cross, So, of course, we're talking about the cross. So the first one, as you mentioned in verse 13, is that Gentiles were far from God, but they're now brought near. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's number one. Number two, there's no hostility between Jews and Gentiles because you kind of mentioned that before. Like Gentiles used to call Jews, oh, the circumcised ones. And then Jews used to call Gentiles, oh, the uncircumcised one. It was just like a divide. But what the cross provided, what Jesus did, was to bring together Jews, both Jew and Gentile, to become one body in Christ. Do you know what's so funny? Anytime I like read about the chosen people, I always assume like it's me. <laughs> like even before Christ died, I'm like, yeah, yeah, Jews, yeah, that's me. Well, actually, Michelle, you are a Gentile, but it's okay. Through Christ, I am now one body. So that's number two, which is found in verse 16. The last one, finally... Uh, in place of hostility that the Jews and Gentiles used to have for each other, there is now reconciliation. Now, I do a lot of reconciliation at work because obviously I work in HR. But as always, I like to Google everything. So I Googled reconciliation. In fact, I Googled reconcile. And I got two definitions. The first one is the restoration of friendly relations. And then the second one is make one account consistent with another especially by allowing for transactions uh, begun but not yet completed and I remembered when I worked in the accountancy firm they always used to use this word so much I'm like what are you guys even talking about so now I understand what they mean like make sure that both accounts you know they they marry they they make sense right 
And so here Paul tells us that, um, or he tells us to imagine Christ's work as a powerful work on the cross um, as impacting the relationships, not just between individuals, um, but between groups of people, okay? Because God has reconciled us through the cross. And so in that reconciliation, we need to now kind of show people that peace that I spoke about before, because you're following Christ. So your reconciliation, you must be of one body, with Jesus's people, with Christ's sons and daughters, because that's what he wants us to do. Cool. So I was reading the study and I was like, yeah, cool. I understand what's going on. And then I got to the bottom and the question was, in what ways might you need to apply the principles here to be reconciled to someone else? And how do you go about doing it? And I was actually going to ask this question to our listeners, like, guys, (laughs) is there someone that you're not, that you're at odds with? You need to reach out to them. You know, life is not promised. Mm. And I was trying to think of an example or someone that I'm not like, on good terms with and you know the the seventh adventist in me was like you know i'm not i'm not at odds with anybody i'm cool with everyone and literally a name popped in my head like literally like this person what about this person Eesh. and i was just like oh, god and I, I know you said pray without season but yeah you ain't gotta you ain't gotta do this all the time um but like i said when you are in the presence of christ when you're a believer, when you're following him and doing his work, you are transformed. So immediately when that person's name came to my mind, I picked up my phone and I called them. And I was like, you know what? I've been angry with you for a long time. And I think I I know you sense it. Um, unfortunately, I can't even remember the specifics of why I'm angry at you. All I know is I was mad at you, but I don't want to be angry at you anymore. Um, I want us to be cool. I want I want us to, to have peace within us. And I actually said to him, you know, I've been doing this podcast about, you know, it's based on religion, spirituality, and part of the thing of following Christ is for me to to have peace in myself, but also show peace in other people. And I don't think me being angry at you is a great mod. I'm being a good ambassador for God. And so it was nice actually to mend that friendship because I low-key had missed him but my ego and my anger wasn't allowing me to even acknowledge that wow but I had missed him because he's actually you actually know him he's actually really good he's his good jokes his fun times it's just I was angry at him for something um something that was minor and the thing that I thought about was if this guy wasn't here tomorrow how would you feel about holding a grudge that he doesn't even know about. Like he knows you're angry, but he doesn't know why. Like, how would you feel about it? Especially that now you don't even remember what it was. I wasn't being a good ambassador for Christ. So I'm so grateful that even though I wanted to kind of challenge readers and I'm readers, listeners, and I'm still going to throw it out there that if there's someone that you're at odds with, um, and you're on this journey with Christ, I'm urging you to reach out to that person um, and just make amends. It doesn't matter whether it's your fault or whether it was their fault. Well, it matters it was your fault because what did you do, girl or boy? Um, well, it doesn't matter if it was your fault or their fault. I'm just urging you to reach out to them because I feel like that's what Christ would want us to do. Thank you for sharing, obviously, your experience and how God is clearly working in you and speaking to you, Michelle, mm. about reconciliation. And reconciliation is so important as we're talking about this horizontal atonement Mm. and also there's vertical atonement, right? So um, this atonement and reconciliation is you ensuring that not only are you making sure you're you're right in your relationship with God, but you're also right in your relationship with others Mm. and reconciliation 
you've picked up on the two pieces I wanted to pick up on, which is how pride and ego really get in the way Oof. of reconciliation. Yes. It's really peak out here. It really, relationships are broken. Friendships are, are basically in the wind, in the mm. dust, in the bin. Oh, that, <laughs> those are lyrics that I was just spitting there, isn't it? Really? Uh, yeah, there was just, well, anyway, let me move on. <laughs> um, sometimes deep, meaningful relationships and even your relationship with Christ mm. is broken and is not mended because you've allowed your pride and ego to get in the way. 100%. Now, we need to ensure that we have reconciliation, as Michelle is saying, not just with the people in, in our lives, but reconciliation with God also. Mm. And I believe that first and foremost, you need to have reconciliation with God before you can have reconciliation with others because yeah. it's, it's only through knowing God more, mm. his relationship um, your relationship with God deepening, your love for God deepening, that's the time where he fills you with so much grace and power and ability to reconcile with others. Mm. If you don't have God's love, how can you share lo God's love with others? Mm. And I obviously mentioned it earlier on, but there is division in our church. And there is division between Christian denominations. And I find that interesting because I'm like, how and why? You know, like how how was that really possible if we have one common love and that common love was we all profess as Christians is Christ. Mm -hmm. How can there be division? So yeah. How? how and, and even I see it in the church. In the Seventh-day Adventist church, I go to a church where it is one building that has two services running at the same time. There's absolutely no shade to it, but it just... There's a clear division there. Why are we not united under one service? But we have to separate ourselves. Where we're in the same church, same religion, and we're saying we all believe the same thing. Why can't we all enjoy the one service together? Which says that are they like two different preachers? Yeah. But in the same building. <laughs> Do you see okay. what I mean? I don't want to say anything, but I want to say something. Go on, say it, say I it. I mean, like... But what if I want to listen to both of them? Why can't they just like spread it out so that like one preaches this week, the other one next week? Yeah, no, it doesn't work that way. It's two separate. It's almost like having two different churches and under mm -hmm. one church. So you you get to pick. Oh, who do I want to listen yeah, to? Yeah, you pick which church you want to go to. Huh. Okay. One one is more casual. One is more dressed up. But yeah, so obviously there's a feeling of division there, mm. and Paul in Ephesians demonstrates that because of Christ and the salvation that he offers us through the cross, there was no longer any need for division because as we said earlier, we are all fellow citizens. Mm -hmm. And because we're all expressing that one common love for Christ, no longer do we need to divide ourselves or experience any division at all because we're all supposed to be on the same page, right? Mm -hmm. Now, one thing I found as well with any sort of Christian denomination or religious denomination, full stop, mm -hmm. is there's different understandings as to what we should be following and what we shouldn't and what we should be maintaining and, and observing. One of the things we obviously profess is as Seventh-day Adventists, we, we observe the Sabbath and mm -hmm. we do that with big chest, bruv. We do it with, with pride, <laughs> okay? Trust me. And, and a lot of churches kind of contest that and say, well, you don't need to do that because of X, Y, and Z. 
I that that those reasons kind of go in one ear and out the other. Right. But in Ephesians, Paul demonstrates a profound and deep respect for observing the Ten Commandments, right? Mm-hmm. And it people could say, well, he didn't mention all of the commandments, but ultimately, the key point is that Paul respected anyone who observed the Ten Commandments and observed God's word true and true, right? Mm-hmm. And I just think personally, right, with all of these divisions and and different denominations, different concepts, different ideas, if we're all saying we're all on the same page, we're, re- we're, we're reading the same Bible, we believe in the same thing, we're trying to observe all of God's commandments and instruction, a lot of this conflict that we're experiencing in our human world, in our lives today, and any division should be put to bed. Yeah. Because as it says in Ephesians 2.14, for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. So the way I see it is Christ made every effort and provided us with the necessary, what's the word I'm looking for? (laughs) Atonement? He, He made atonement for us? Yeah reconciliation Mm -hmm. that we no longer need to experience this dividing wall that we're talking about because he has he has taken that away Mm. and that's all i could really say and and you know when we're talking about pride and ego and and understanding that we need to have reconciliation not just with christ but with others around us it is a really good challenge that michelle has put put forward for us to remember that this is not what god is calling us to have or do and you need to understand in yourselves what what is it that is causing that breakdown in your relationship with whoever it might be or if it's with Christ. Mm. If it is your pride, if it's your ego, if it's your arrogance, if it's your bitterness or your anger towards someone or even yourself, please, I I urge you to to forgive and to seek God and and to make sure that you do make every effort for that reconciliation to happen because as Michelle said, life is life is short. Life is not promise. And I would hate for anyone to miss the opportunity to not be reconciled Mm. with their loved ones and with our ultimate love, Jesus Christ. Amen. So Wednesday's lesson, very similar to actually Monday's, but it's entitled Jesus, Preacher of Peace. So as you know, when Jesus was on earth, he was a very peaceful soul, I'd like to say. He was very passionate about God. He was on fire for God. But genuinely, he was just, I always think of him as just being very peaceful. And even when he left the disciples, he said to them, peace, I live with you. My peace, I give to you. I don't give it to you as the world gives. And don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Kind of when he was giving them, you know, a, a kind of a goodbye speech. But I want to zone in on the fact that he says, you know, he, he was a preacher of peace. And as I said before, if we are followers of Christ, we need to be preachers of peace, right? And if you're going to preach about it, you have to make sure you be about it. If you're going to preach about it, you have to make sure you be about it. It's not good enough just to talk the talk. You have to walk the talk as well. I especially love this text that I read and it's found in Romans 10 verse 14 and it says how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher and so I think we 
as ambassadors, we always talk about being ambassadors for Christ. I think as ambassadors, it has to show in the way that you interact with people, especially in our demeanor. And of course, love, joy, all those things must be included. But also having a peaceful soul is so important. Now, in Ephesians 2, 17 to 18, Paul dares to imagine Christ's powerful work on the cross as impacting the relationships. Because remember, we said before there was a separation between Gentiles and Jews, but because of the cross, they became one body. Um, But it's not just between individuals, but it's also between people groups. I think, Ira, you touched on that before. He imagines it invading our lives and destroying our divisions or dissolving our quarrels and renewing our fellowship with an understanding of each other. And I was like, are we doing something wrong then? Because I I can't say that we live a life that is free of quarrels. Okay, I can't say that we live a peaceful life all the time. No. I mean, even before when we when we started recording and you told me off, and you know it got a bit heated. Told it me did not get heated. It got know. heated. It got hot in this room. Or maybe for you, it got so heated. Our sound engineer had to pray for. Like, okay, okay, girls. You let's asked pray. him to pray. Huh? No, he was like, "Let me pray." It's, it's getting heated now. We'll talk about this after the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the point I want to make is, it, it's so difficult. I don't think it's difficult, but it's so easy to get. Um, to get upset and to quarrel with people. And I feel like that's what the devil wants amongst God's people. If we're so busy being angry at each other, we can't really be good ambassadors for Christ. We can't spread the good news for Christ. And I was thinking about this and I was like, imagine someone listening to this podcast who knows me and I'm talking about being peaceful and showing love, but in nature, I'm just like a horrible person. They are not going to accept what's coming out of my mouth. Because they're like, okay, Michelle, that's it's great that you're saying all this Jesus stuff, but your actions don't even show it. And so Paul here is reminding us that you know Jesus was a preacher of peace, but he also showed in action. Okay, he just didn't talk about it; he was about it. And so us as his followers need to be the same. We need to follow in the same suite. Definitely, and you know I. I can't I can't actually remember where it is in the Bible, but obviously we are called to be peacemakers. Mm. And when you're saying, you know, we need to be his peace or their peace, whoever's peace, it's easier said than done, I think. It's very easy. Because said, yeah. we don't we don't necessarily know how to maintain peace. I think mm. we're very reactive people. Mm. We're reactive beings. And so when someone does something to piss us off, more times we're gonna react not in a very peaceful manner a lot mm. of the times. So it's a real challenge, I think. And it's one that we require God's grace. I love that you closed on that because that's exactly it. If I do it myself, I can't do it. Have you seen those those memes where it's like uh, calling Jesus so that he helps me with this situation or he handles this? Because if I handle it, it's not going to be the yeah, same. Exactly yeah. that. When we try to handle things ourselves or we try to do things our way, it does not work out. But no, when, it doesn't go to plan. It doesn't go to plan. Um, and I think I mentioned it the other week, I was even talking to my friend this week and we were like, sometimes when someone does something to you, you really want to cuss them out. And then you think, okay, but Jesus is not going to be happy with my actions. And I think that's what it means to be in that, in that constant fellowship with him, because your actions, you you've got someone to check you in a way. 
because I don't want to act in a way that's going to disappoint him. That's not going to bring glory to his kingdom, if that makes sense. So even though I want to react a certain way, I'm going to hold back and be like, reset, let Christ lead. Amen. And I'm just going to close us with Thursday's lesson, the church, a holy temple. And you know, the, the, the week's lesson is entitled horizontal atonement, the cross and the church. And in last season, we talked about how the church symbolizes God's people, Mm -hmm. God's chosen people. And obviously we know what the cross is, but this horizontal atonement for me was a really interesting concept. One that I never really thought about, but if we think about the cross, right? We know the shape of a cross. Yeah. A line going up, a line going down. I mean, a line going up, <laughs> a line going across. Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. And so this, there's a vertical atonement, which is essentially that cross, the line going up is, imagine you're at the bottom of the cross, right? Mm-hmm. And the way I visualize, is, visualize it is the cross going up, that's my atonement with God. That's my relationship. That's my reconciliation with God. Okay. And everyone, it's so easy for everyone to just focus on that and that alone. Mm. But remember that the cross also has a little cross, Mm. which for me should help us to remember that we also need to have reconciliation, atonement with others, the people around us. Mm. So not only do we need to look up, but we need to look side to side Mm. to see who are our peers. Who is it that we need to have reconciliation with? Who is it that we need to really show love to? And the love that we're receiving from God, who do we need to share that love with? That is a question that I'm trying to ask myself and challenge myself to to really search and dig deep, but also to take action. Mm. And and that's just where I want to close it off, to, to remind ourselves that not only do we have reconciliation with God that we need to think about, but with others also. And we have a part to play in the church And as we're talking about, you know, ambassador for Christ. But we also have an opportunity to be a blessing unto others. And I really liked in Paul, um, in Ephesians 2, where Paul basically recalls, when we were thinking about the verses uh, 1 to 10, it teaches that we live in solidarity. How do we say that word? Solidarity? Basically, we, (laughs) we, we live with Jesus... And that's that vertical aspect of it, if you will. Mm-hmm. But then we also have from Ephesians 2, 11 to 22, is that Paul also teaches us that we live with others as part of God's church. Oh, solid, wait. Solidity. Solidarity? Oh, maybe it's that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I really need to Google how Do to you know pronounce what? this. English is an alpha's language. No, so. it's not. Yeah, we're, you know, from other... Yeah, uh, my mother tongue is Tagalog, it's Filipino, it's not really. Say it in your mother language then. Uh, what what word? Solid, solid. Oh, don't even come <laughs> for me like that. <laughs> right, so how I want to close this is obviously standing ritual, not ritual. I don't like that word, it sounds yeah. a bit... It sounds a bit... Judish. Mm. Yeah, no, no. What's the word I'm looking for? Routine? Uh, routine. Standard, standard procedure. Ru- yeah, standard procedure. Let's um, go for that. Is we close it off with a challenge. And this week, I was really blessed by... I think I picked up this, this scripture last week. But I want to remind everyone again of 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, which says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. Mm. For power... 
for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. In another translation, it really hit me differently. It's ERV, easy to read version. <laughs> Found this an interesting translation. But in any case, right? Verse 9 says, But the Lord said, My grace is all you need. Only when you are weak can everything be done completely by my power. Only when you are weak. Yeah? Not in the times where you can be weak and other times you're strong. God's power is going to be... Nah, bruv, it's only when you are weak. And that really resonated with me. And I, I needed to marinate with that scripture because a lot of the times we don't like being weak. I don't enjoy it, whether it's financial weakness, physical weakness, spiritual weakness. Mm. These are all <laughs> these are all experiences I don't enjoy mm. because no one likes to be weak. It's not something that we look at as desirable or something that we strive to be yeah, weak I, I want a weak man no when have we ever said that mm. um but in any case my challenge is thinking about that scripture where are your weak points currently and understand and seek god for his grace and power to to really go through that weakness and not rely on yourself but just rely on god to get you through it and I just want you to experience God's power afresh, anew. So yeah, find out your weak points and, and just tap into that.